Chapter Twenty Four of Pearl Maiden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pearl Maiden by Henry Ryder Haggard, Chapter Twenty Four: Master and Slave. Now a hush of expectancy fell upon the crowd till presently two attendants appeared, each of them holding in his hand a flaming torch, and between them the captive Pearl Maiden. So beautiful did she look as she advanced thus with bowed head, the red light of the torches falling upon her white robe and breast and reflected in a faint, shimmering line from the collar of pearls about her neck, that even that jaded company clapped as she came in another moment she had mounted the two steps and was standing on the block of marble the crowd pressed closer among them the merchant of egypt demetrius and the veiled woman with the basket who was now attended by a little man dressed as a slave and bearing on his back another basket the weight of which he seemed to find irksome since from time to time he groaned and twisted his shoulders also the chamberlain saturius secure in the authority of his master stepped over the rope and against the rule began to walk round and round the captive examining her critically look at her said the auctioneer look for yourselves i have nothing to say words fail me unless it is this for more than twenty years i have stood in this rostrum and during that time i suppose that fifteen or sixteen thousand young women have been knocked down to my hammer they have come out of every part of the world from the farthest east from the grecian mountains from egypt and cyprus from the spanish plains from gaul from the people of the teutons from the island of the britons and other barbarous places that lie still further north among them were many beautiful women of every style and variety of loveliness yet i tell you honestly my patrons i do not remember one who came so near perfection as this maiden whom i have the honour to sell to-night i say again look at her look at her and tell me with what you can find fault what do you say oh yes i am informed that her teeth are quite sound there is no blemish to conceal none at all and the hair is all her own that gentleman says that she is rather small well she is not built upon a large scale and to my mind that is one of her attractions little and good you know little and good only consider the proportions why the greatest sculptors ancient or modern would rejoice to have her as model and i hope that in the interests of the art-loving public here he glanced at the chamberlain saturius that the fortunate person into whose hands she passes will not be so selfish as to deny them this satisfaction now i have said enough and must but add this that by the special decree of her captor the imperator titus the beautiful necklace of pearls worn by the maiden goes with her i asked a jeweller friend of mine to look at it just now 
and judging as well as he could without removing it from her neck which was not allowed he values it at least at a hundred sestertia also there goes with this lot considerable property situated in tyre and neighbouring places to which had she been a free woman she would have succeeded by inheritance you may think that tyre is a long way off and that it will be difficult to take possession of this estate and of course there is something in the objection still the title to it is secure enough for here i have a deed signed by titus caesar himself commanding all officials officers and others concerned to hand over without waste or deduction all property real or personal belonging to the estate of the late benoni the jewish merchant of tyre and a member of the sanhedrim the lot's grandfather i am informed gentlemen to her purchaser who has only to fill in his own name in the blank space or any representatives whom he may appoint which deed is especially declared to be indefeasible any one wish to see it no then we will take it as read i know that in such a matter my patrons my word is enough for you now i am about to come to business with the remark that the more liberal your bidding the better will our glorious general titus caesar be pleased the better will the poor and invalided soldiers who deserve so well at your hands be pleased the better will the girl herself be pleased who i am sure will know how to reward a generous appreciation of her worth and the better shall i your humble friend and a servant be pleased because as i may inform you in strict secrecy i am paid not by a fixed salary but by commission now gentlemen what may i say a thousand sestertia to begin with oh don't laugh i expect more than that what fifty are you joking my friend however the acorn grows into the oak doesn't it and i am told that you can stop the sources of the tiber with your hat so i'll start with fifty fifty a hundred come bid up gentlemen or we shall never get home to supper two hundred three four five six seven eight ah that's better what are you stopping for and he addressed the hatchet-faced man who had thrust himself forward over the rope of the ring the man shook his head with a sigh i'm done he said such goods are for my betters a sentiment that seemed to be shared by his rivals since they also stopped bidding well friend saturius said the auctioneer have you gone to sleep or have you anything to say only in hundreds now gentlemen mind only in hundreds unless i give the word thank you i have nine hundred and he looked round rather carelessly expecting at heart that this bid would be the last then the merchant from alexandria stepped forward and held up his finger a thousand by the gods saturius looked at the man indignantly who was this that dared to bid against domitian the third dignitary in all the roman empire caesar's son caesar's brother who might himself be caesar 
still he answered with another bid of eleven hundred once more the finger of demetrius went up twelve twelve hundred said the auctioneer in a voice of suppressed excitement while the audience gasped for such prices had not been heard of thirteen said the chamberlain again the finger went up fourteen hundred i have fourteen hundred against you worthy saturius come come i must knock the lot down which perhaps would not please some whom i could mention don't be stingy friend you have a large purse to draw on and it is called the roman empire now thank you i have fifteen hundred well my friend yonder what have you had enough and he pointed to the alexandrian merchant who with a groan had turned aside and hidden his face in his hands knocked out knocked out it seems said the auctioneer and though it is little enough under all the circumstances for this lot who is as lovely as she is historical i suppose that i can scarcely expect and he looked around despondently suddenly the old woman with the basket glanced up and speaking in a quiet matter-of-fact voice but with a foreign accent said two thousand a titter of laughter went around the room my dear madam queried the auctioneer looking at her dubiously might i ask if you mean cistertii or cistertia see note your pardon but it has occurred to me that you might be confusing the two sums note a cistertius was worth less than two pence a cistertium was the sum of money of the value of about eight pounds sterling two thousand cistertia repeated the matter-of-fact voice with the foreign accent well well said the auctioneer i suppose that i must accept the bid friend saturius i have two thousand cistertia and it is against you against me it must remain then replied the little man in a fury do all the kings in the world want this girl already i have exceeded my limit by five hundred cistertia i dare do no more let her go don't vex yourself saturius said the auctioneer bidding is one thing paying another at present i have a bona fide bid of fifteen hundred from you unless this liberal but unknown lady is prepared with the cash i shall close on that do you understand madam perfectly answered the veiled old woman being a stranger to rome i thought it well to bring the gold with me since strangers cannot expect credit to bring the gold with you gasped the auctioneer to bring two thousand cistertia with you where is it then where oh in my servants and my own baskets and something more as well come good sir i have made my bid does the worthy gentleman advance no shouted saturius you are being fooled she has not got the money if he does not advance and no other worthy gentleman wishes to bid then will you knock the lot down said the old woman pardon me if i press you 
noble seller of slaves but i must ride far from rome to-night to centum cellier indeed where my ship waits therefore i have no time to lose now the auctioneer saw that there was no choice since under the rules of the public mart he must accept the offer of the highest bidder two thousand cistercia are bid for this lot number seven the jewish captive known as pearl maiden sold by order of titus imperator together with her collar of pearls and the property to which as a free woman she would have been entitled any advance on two thousand cistercia and he looked at saturius who shook his head no then going going gone i declare the lot sold to be delivered on payment of the cash to the person named by the way madam what is your name Mullier. at this the company burst into a loud laugh Mullier repeated the auctioneer m u l i e r woman yes i am not a woman and what better name can i have than is given to all my sex in truth you are so wrapped up that i must take your word for it replied the auctioneer but come let us put an end to this farce if you have the money follow me into the receiving house for i must see to the matter myself and pay it down with pleasure sir but be so good as to bring my property with you she is too valuable to be left here unprotected amongst these distinguished but disappointed gentlemen accordingly miriam was led from the marble stand into an office annexed to the receiving house whither she was followed by the auctioneer and by nehushta and her servant whose backs it was now observed bent beneath the weight of the baskets that were strapped upon them here the door was locked and with the help of her attendant nehushta loosened her basket letting it fall upon the table with a sigh of relief take it and count he said to the auctioneer untying the lid he lifted it and there met his eye a layer of lettuces neatly packed by venus he began in a fury softly friend softly said nehushta these lettuces are of a kind which only grow in yellow soil look and lifting the vegetables she revealed beneath row upon row of gold coin examine it before you count she said he did so by biting pieces at hazard with his teeth and causing them to ring upon the marble table it is good he said quite so then count so he and the clerk counted even to the bottom of the basket which was found to contain gold to the value of over eleven hundred cistercia so far well he said but that is not enough the buyer beckoned to the man with her who stood in the corner his face hidden by the shadow and he dragged forward the second basket which he had already unstrapped from his shoulders here also were lettuces and beneath the lettuces gold when the full two thousand cistercia were counted that is over fifteen thousand pounds of our money this second basket still remained more than a third full i ought to have run you up madam 
said the auctioneer surveying the shining gold with greedy eyes yes she replied calmly if you had guessed the truth you might have done so but who knows the truth except myself are you a sorceress he asked perhaps what does it matter at least the gold will not melt and by the way it is troublesome carrying so much of the stuff back again would you like a couple of handfuls for yourself and say ten pieces for your clerk yes well please first fill in that deed with the name that i shall give you and with your own as witness here it is miriam daughter of demas and rachel born in the year of the death of herod agrippa thank you you have signed and the clerk also i think now i will take that roll one thing more there is another door to this receiving house with your leave i should prefer to go out that way as my newly acquired property seems tired and for one day has had enough of public notice you will i understand give us a few minutes to depart before you return to the rostrum and your clerk will be so courteous as to escort us out of the forum now help yourself man can't you make your hand larger than that well it will suffice to pay for a summer holiday i see a cloak there which may serve to protect this slave from the chill air of the night in case it should be claimed perhaps these five pieces will pay for it most noble and courteous sir again i thank you young woman throw this over your bare shoulders and your head that necklace might tempt the dishonest now if our guide is ready we will be going slave bring the basket at the weight of which you need no longer groan and you young woman strap on this other basket it is as well that you should begin to be instructed in your domestic duties for i tell you at once that having heard much of the skill of the jews in those matters i have bought you to be my cook and to attend to the dressing of my hair farewell sir farewell may we never meet again farewell replied the astonished auctioneer farewell my lady mullier who can afford to give two thousand sestertia for a cook good luck to you and if you are always as liberal as this may we meet once a month say i yet have no fear he added meaningly i know when i have been well treated and shall not seek you out even to please caesar himself three minutes later under the guidance of the clerk who was as discreet as his master they had passed quite undisturbed through various dark colonnades and up a flight of marble stairs now you are out of the forum so go your ways he said they went and the clerk stood watching them until they were round a corner for he was young and curious and to him this seemed the strangest comedy of the slave market of which he had ever even heard as he turned to go he found himself face to face with a tall man in whom he recognized that merchant of egypt who had bid for pearl maiden up to the enormous total of fourteen hundred sestertia friend said demetrius which way did your companions go i don't know answered the clerk come try to remember did they walk straight on or turn to the left 
were turned to the right. Fix your attention on these, it may help you, and once more that fortunate clerk found five gold pieces thrust into his hand. I don't know that they help me, he said, for he wished to be faithful to his hire. Fool, said Demetrius in a changed voice, remember quickly, or here is something that will, and he showed him a dagger glinting in his hand. Now then, do you wish to go the same road as they carried the Jewish girl and the Eastern? They turned to the right, said the clerk sulkily. It is the truth, but may that road you speak of be yours who draw knives on honest folk. With a bound Demetrius left his side, and for the second time the clerk stood still, watching him go. A strange business, he said to himself, but perhaps my master was right and that old woman is a sorceress, or perhaps the young one is the sorceress, since all men seem ready to pay a tribe's tribute to get hold of her, or perhaps they are both sorceresses. A strange story, of which I would like to know the meaning, and so, I fancy, would the prince Domitian when he comes to hear of it. Saturius, the chamberlain, has a fat place, but I would not take it to-night, no, not if it were given to me. Then that young man returned to the mart in time to hear his master knock down lot thirteen, a very sweet-looking girl, to Saturius himself, who proposed, though with a doubtful heart, to take her to Domitian as a substitute. Meanwhile, Nehushta, miriam and the steward stephanus disguised as a slave went on as swiftly as they dared towards the palace of marcus in the via agrippa the two women held each other by the hand but said nothing their hearts seemed too full for speech only the old steward kept muttering two thousand cistercia the savings of years two thousand cistercia for that bit of a girl surely the gods have smitten him mad hold your peace fool said nehushta at length at least i am not mad the property that went with her is worth more than the money yes yes replied the aggrieved stephanus but how will that benefit my master you put it in her name well it is no affair of mine at least this accursed basket is much lighter now they were at the side door of the house which stephanus was unlocking with his key quick said nehushta i hear footsteps the door opened and they passed in but at that moment one went by them pausing to look until the door closed again who was that asked stephanus nervously he whom they called demetrius the merchant of alexandria but whom once I knew by another name, answered Nehushta in a slow voice while Stephanus barred the door. They walked through the archway into an antechamber lit by a single lamp, leaving Stephanus still occupied with his bolts and chains. Here with a sudden motion Nehushta threw off her cloak and tore the veil from her brow. In another instant, uttering a low, crooning cry, she flung her long arms about Miriam and began to kiss her again and again on the face. "'My darling,' she moaned, "'my darling.' "'Tell me what it all means, Nu,' 
said the poor girl faintly it means that god has heard my prayers and suffered my old feet to overtake you in time and provided the wealth to preserve you from a dreadful fate whose wealth where am i asked miriam nehushta made no answer only she unstrapped the basket from miriam's back and unclasped the cloak from about her shoulders then taking her by the hand she led her into a lighted passage and thence through a door into a great and splendid room spread with rich carpets and adorned with costly furniture and marble images at the end of this room was a table lighted by two lamps and on the further side of this table sat a man as though he were asleep for his face was hidden upon his arms miriam saw him and clung to nehushta trembling hush whispered her guide and they stood still in the shadow the man lifted his head so that the light fell full upon it and miriam saw that it was marcus marcus grown older and with a patch of grey hair upon his temple where the sword of caleb had struck him very worn and tired-looking also but still marcus and no other he was speaking to himself i can bear it no longer he said thrice have i been to the gate and still no sign doubtless the plan has miscarried and by now she is in the palace of domitian i will go forth and learn the worst and he rose from the table speak to him whispered nehushta pushing miriam forward she advanced into the circle of the lamplight but as yet marcus did not see her for he had gone to the window-place to find a cloak that lay there then he turned and saw her before him in her robe of white the soft light shining on her gentle loveliness stood miriam he stared at her bewildered do i dream he said nay marcus she answered in her sweet voice you do not dream i am miriam in an instant he was at her side and held her in his arms nor did she resist him for after so many fears and sufferings they seemed to her a home loose me i pray you she said at length i am faint i can bear no more at her entreaty he suffered her to sink upon the cushions of a couch that was at hand tell me tell me everything he said ask it of nehushta she answered leaning back i am spent nehushta ran to her side and began to chafe her hands let be with your questions she said i bought her that's enough ask that old huckster stephanus the price but first in the name of charity give her food those who have walked through a triumph to end the day on the slave block need victuals it is here it is here marcus said confusedly such as there is taking a lamp he led the way to a table that was placed in the shadow where stood some meat and fruit with flagons of rich-coloured wine and pure water and shallow silver cups to drink from putting her arm about miriam's waist nehushta supported her to the table and sat her down upon one of the couches then she poured out wine and put it to her lips 
and cut meat and made her swallow it till miriam would touch no more now the colour came back to her face and her eyes grew bright again and resting there upon the couch she listened while nehushta told marcus all the story of the slave sale well done he said laughing in his old merry fashion well done indeed oh what favouring god put it into the head of that honest old miser stephanus from year to year to hoard up all that sum of gold against an hour of sudden need which none could foresee my god and hers answered nehushta solemnly to whom if he give you space you should be thankful which by the way is more than stephanus is who has seen so much of your savings squandered in an hour your savings said miriam looking up did you buy me marcus i suppose so beloved he answered then then am i your slave not so miriam he replied nervously as you know well it is i who am yours all i ask of you is that you should become my wife that cannot be marcus she answered in a kind of cry you know that it cannot be his face turned pale after all that has come and gone between us miriam do you still say so i still say so you could give your life for me and yet you will not give your life to me yes marcus why why for the reasons that i gave you yonder by the banks of jordan because those who begat me laid on me the charge that i should marry none who is not a christian how then can i marry you marcus thought a moment does the book of your law forbid it he asked she shook her head no but the dead forbid it and rather will i join them than break their command again marcus thought and spoke well then since i must i will become a christian she looked at him sadly and answered it is not enough do you remember what i told you far away in the village of the essenes that this is no matter of casting incense on an altar but rather one of a changed spirit when you can say those words from your heart as well as with your lips then marcus i will listen to you but unless god calls you this you can never do then what do you propose he asked i i have not had time to think to go away i suppose to demission he queried nay forgive me but a sore heart makes bitter lips i am glad you asked forgiveness for those words marcus she said quivering what need is there to insult a slave the words seemed to suggest a new train of thought to marcus yes he said a slave my slave whom i have bought at a great price well why should i let you go i am minded to keep you marcus you can keep me if you will but then your sin against your own honour will be greater than even your sin against me sin he said passionately what sin 
you say you cannot marry me not because you do not wish it if i understand you right but for other reasons which have weight at any rate with you but the dead give no command as to whom you should love no my love is my own but if it is not lawful it can be denied why should it be denied he asked softly and coming towards her is there not much between you and me did not you brave and blessed woman that you are risk your life for my sake in the old tower at jerusalem did you not for my sake stand there upon the gate nicanor to perish miserably and i though it be little have i not done something for you have i not so soon as your message reached me journeyed here to rome at the cost perhaps of what i value more than life my honour your honour she asked why your honour because those who have been taken prisoner by the enemy and escaped are held to be cowards among the romans he answered bitterly and it may be that such a lot awaits me coward you a coward marcus i when it is known that i live that is what my enemies will call me who lived on for your sake miriam for the sake of a woman who denies me oh she said this is bitter now i remember and understand what gallus meant then will you still deny me must i suffer thus in vain think had it not been for you i could have stayed afar until the thing was forgotten that is if i still chose to live but now because of you things are thus and yet miriam you deny me and he put his arms about her and drew her to his breast she did not struggle she had no strength only she wrung her hands and sobbed saying what shall i do woe is me what shall i do do said the voice of nehushta speaking clear as a clarion from the shadows do your duty girl and leave the rest to heaven silence accursed woman gasped marcus turning pale with anger nay she answered i will not be silent listen roman i like you well as you have reason to know seeing that it was i who nursed you back to life when for one hour's want of care you must have died i like you well and above everything on earth i wish that ere my eyes shut for the last time they may see your hand in her hand and her hand in your hand man and wife before the face of all men yet i tell you that now indeed you are a coward in a deeper fashion than that the romans dream of you are a coward who try to work upon the weakness of this poor girl's loving heart who try in the hour of her sore distress to draw her from the spirit if not from the letter of her duty so great a coward are you that you remind her even that she is your slave and threaten to deal with her as you heathen deal with slaves you put a gloss upon the truth you try to filch the fruit you may not pluck you say you may not marry me but you are my property and therefore if you give way to your master it is no sin i tell you it is a sin doubly a sin since you would bind the weight of it on her back as well as on your own 
and a sin in this way or in that would bring its reward to both of you have you finished asked marcus coldly but suffering miriam to slip from his arms back upon the couch no i have not finished i spoke of the fruits of evil now as my heart prompts me i speak of the promise of good let this woman go free as you have the power to do strike the chains off her neck and take back the price that you have paid for her since she has property which will discharge it to the last farthing which property to-day stands in her name and can be conveyed to you then go search the scriptures and see if you can find no message in them if you find it well and good then take her with a clean heart and be happy if you find it not well and good then leave her with a clean heart and to be sorrowful for it is decreed only in this matter do not dare to be double-minded lest the last evil overtake you and her and your children and hers now i have done and my lord marcus be so good as to signify your pleasure to your slave pearl maiden and to your servant nehushta the libyan marcus began to walk up and down the room out of the light into the shadow out of the shadow into the light presently he halted and the two women watching saw that his face was drawn and ashen like the face of an old man my pleasure he said vacantly that is a strange word on my lips to-night is it not well nehushta you have the best of the argument all you say is quite true if a little over-coloured of course miriam is quite right not to marry me if she has scruples and of course i should be quite wrong to take advantage of the accident of my being able to purchase her in the slave-ring i think that is all i have to say miriam i free you as indeed i remember i promised the essenes that i would do since no one knows you belong to me i suppose that no formal ceremony will be necessary it is a malmission inter amicos as the lawyers say but quite valid as to the title of the tire property i accept it in payment of the debt but i beg that you will keep it a while on my behalf for at present there might be trouble about transferring it into my name now good night nehushta will take you to her room miriam and to-morrow you can depart whither you will i wish you all fortune and why do you not thank me under the circumstances it would be kind but miriam only burst into a flood of tears what will you do marcus oh what will you do she sobbed in all probability things which i would rather you did not know of he answered bitterly or i may take it into my head to accept the suggestion of our friend nehushta and begin to search those scriptures of which i have heard so much that seem by the way specially designed to prevent the happiness of men and women then he added fiercely go girl go at once for if you stand there weeping before me any longer i tell you that i shall change my mind and as nehushta says imperil the safety of your soul and of my own which does not matter so miriam stumbled from the room and through the curtained doorway as nehushta followed her marcus caught her by the arm 
I have half a mind to murder you, he said, quietly. The old Libyan only laughed. All I have said is true and for your own good, Marcus, she answered, and you will live to know it. Where will you take her? I don't know yet, but Christians always have friends. Will you let me hear of her? Surely, if it is safe. And if she needs help, you will tell me? Surely, and if you need her help, and it can be done, I will bring her to you. Then may I need help soon, he said. Be gone. End of chapter 24